Hey friends, welcome to the Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast, a podcast that's not about growing marijuana or gardening, but is about living in radical faith and full submission to God. I'm sure glad you're here. The Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast is hosted by me, Connie Lawson, and airs Mondays and Fridays on your favorite podcasting platform. Be sure to check me out on social media, both Instagram and Facebook at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things. You can also go to our website at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com to leave your prayer requests or a comment and to read our blog whenever I write one, which is not very frequently because speaking is my jam, not writing. Anyway, I'm so glad you're here. Let's get this show started. Friends, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Connie, and I'm so glad you're here. I know I say that same thing every week, and maybe it doesn't bother you. It feels a little bit kind of um, scripted to me, but I want you to know that it is absolutely the truth. This podcast is a source of great joy for me, and you, my audience, are so important to me. Without you, there wouldn't be any purpose for a podcast. So I'm so thankful for you and I just want you to know that you are very important to me and I really am when I say glad you're here. I am glad you're here. I hope you've had a good week. Today I want to continue talking about healing. I don't know that this necessarily goes straight away into healing, but it definitely is an important factor in our walk with the Lord and in our ability to live each day to the fullest. I want to talk with you today about the choices that we have when we have the privilege of seeing the work of God. And we have two very fundamental and basic choices when we see the Lord working in our lives or uh, allowing things in our lives. And I'd like to pose a thought to you to have you consider that we view the Lord working only when he brings about the, or most often we view it as when he brings about the desired outcome that we are hoping for. And I want you to consider that the Lord working is also in what he allows to happen to us, even when those things don't produce the desired result. I want to read a passage to you from Mark chapter 6. I'm going to read uh, verses 50 through 52 or what I'm going to be focusing on, although I might briefly touch on a few others. I'm reading from my ESV uh, Bible, so that's the English Standard Version. So if the wording in your Bible is a little bit different, that's most likely why. So I'm going to start out and I'm going to read these verses and then I'll give you a little backstory. For they all saw him and they were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded. For they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. 
So this is taking place in the book of Mark when Jesus is very active on his earthly ministry and he has just fed the 5,000 with the loaves and the fishes. And so when he's talking about getting into the boat with them, he's meaning his disciples. And this is not the time where Jesus was already in the boat and the storm came. This was when Jesus was walking on the water and they thought he was a ghost. And so a little bit um, before verse 50, I feel like I should have read that. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to read it all again. I'm going to start in verse 45. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd, he being Jesus. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up to the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway very painfully, for the wind was against them. It was about the fourth watch of the night, and he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass them by, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost, and they cried out, for they saw him, and they were all afraid. But immediately he spoke to them, and he said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. So I want to talk about, again, as I said, the two choices that we have, the two very basic fundamental choices when we experience the work of God in our lives, whether it is through um, miracles or through something painful that he allows or through his requesting of our obedience, any way that the Lord works in our lives. So we have two fundamental choices that we, each time that we see him work, that we have to make one or the other of these choices. And we're either going to believe or we're going to be hardened. It is important to note that in this book of Mark, you see these disciples are the men that have the privilege of being the closest to Jesus. They are spending their every awaking moment with him as he is doing his ministry here on earth. They are being taught from his mouth from his, um, you know, physical, the things he's doing, they're watching how he does it. They're watching how he relates to people. They are very intimate with Jesus. They are up close and personal. They have had all of the opportunity to talk with him, to have, you know, ask their questions, to be discipled by him, all of those things. And they still find it hard to believe. They found it hard to believe that Jesus would have the audacity to ask them to feed those people, the 5,000. And they were like, well, what are we supposed to do? Do you want us to go? And even if we, you know, it would take this much money and we would only then be able to buy, you know, basically some crumbs of bread for these people. So even back when Jesus asked them to believe, that's essentially what he was doing when he said, uh, you know, you feed these 5,000. They're like, well, how are we going to do that, Lord? The, the purpose and the point that I'm making is that Jesus asks us all the time to believe the impossible. 
And the impossible is less about us and less about our circumstance and what we want to have happen or what is happening even currently in the situation. And it is more about the belief that God is who he said he is. And when we don't believe, our hearts are hardened. We have two choices and we make them each time that the Lord works in our lives. Each time that he asks us to step out in obedience, each time that he allows a trial to come into our life, each time that he works a miracle in our life, each time that he makes us wait, each time that he allows us to suffer, we have the choice. Are we going to look at the work of the Lord and believe him? And believe him encompasses everything about him. That if he has called you to it, he is faithful. If he has called you to it, he will provide. That if he has called you to it, he's going to give you everything that you need to get through it that it is going to be used for your good because you love the Lord, that he is sovereign, that he is in control, that you truly have no reason to fear, that you can expect the impossible. All of those things go into us believing that God is who he says he is. And so anything that comes about in our life, we either believe or we are hardened, and being hardened, exact, it means exactly what it's saying. You get harder. You don't retain your softness and your intimacy with Jesus. When we are hardened to the Lord, we lose our ability to see him. We lose our ability to perceive him. We lose our ability to communicate with him on a deep level. We lose our ability to understand his word we lose sight of what he's doing. We lose sight of hope. Being hardened is a very dangerous thing. And any time that we don't believe Jesus, we are working to harden ourselves. And this isn't saying that if you have a doubt or if you have an anxiety that somehow you're automatically cursed with a hardened heart. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that we have to choose every day who we're going to follow. And not just who we're going to follow, but who we're going to believe. They saw him walking on the sea. This should have been no big deal. Aside from the fact that it's amazing and it's incredible to witness something like that. But they just witnessed Jesus taking the loaves and the fishes and making it so abundant that there was baskets of it left over. They just witnessed Jesus going from town to town and healing every type of infirmity and possession and sickness, raising people from the dead. They have witnessed walking side by side with Jesus, seeing him, and they still don't believe. They still look at Jesus. It's not that they're looking. They're not even looking at their situation. 
They looked at Jesus. They saw Jesus himself and they were terrified. They looked right at Jesus and they couldn't tell that it was Jesus. How many times in our lives are we choosing not to believe because our circumstances don't match what we want or what we think that we should have or what we feel entitled to? How many times do we look straight in the eyes of Jesus and scream and cry out because we can't perceive that it's him? Belief says that no matter what, and this isn't just referring to the things that I can understand. This is the beauty that you don't need to understand. You don't even have to understand. Like, you don't have to have an answer. You don't have to, like, be able to figure it out. You just can believe in him. It is really that incredible. But how many times do we look straight at Jesus and we say, nope, Lord, this isn't from you. You wouldn't do that. You can't fix this. You wouldn't use them. You wouldn't do it this way. You wouldn't do it that way. Nope, that's not Jesus. And our hearts over time are more and more hardened when it's Jesus himself that's walking on the water out to meet us. But instead of just being able to remember what he just did, we freak out and get a little bit more hardened. It says when he got into the boat with them, the wind ceased. Because Jesus is peace. And just because they decided that it was a ghost and they freaked out, it didn't change who Jesus was. Jesus was still the Prince of Peace. And Jesus still got in the boat after once again, you talk about a form of rejection, having done all that Jesus has done, including come down, most importantly, coming down, leaving his throne in heaven to live as a human and die on the cross through the people that he created to be in fellowship with him. And then to have his own disciples, his most intimate friends, not believe him over and over and over again. No matter how many times he proved himself, no matter how many times he showed up for them, they still just couldn't believe. And he got in the boat anyway. And when he got in the boat, the Prince of Peace got in the boat, the Prince of Stability, the Prince of Faithfulness, the Prince of Protection, the Prince of Provision, when he got in the boat with those worried, hardened disciples, the wind ceased. This also shows you that you can be close to God, that you can be doing big things for God, and you can be hardened, that, it's, that no one is exempt from being hardened. I see this showing up in my own life in different areas where I constantly question, Lord, are you going to come through for me? Are you going to do this for me? And when I realize that and I stop and I think, I look at what I'm really pursuing and what I'm really pursuing is that thing, that dream, that healing, that miracle, 
that provision and I'm using Jesus and my relationship with him as a means to get ultimately the provision, the miracle, the outcome that I'm wanting. So what do you do with that? What do you do when you see? Because anyone that's listening to this show, and this isn't just the people that are listening, it's everyone in the world, but anyone that's listening to this show, you should have the ability and the insight to sit down and look into your heart and to see where you aren't believing, where you are being hardened by by your unbelief, or where you are being hardened through using your relationship with Jesus to get what you want. It's not that Jesus expects perfection. He knows that doesn't exist for us. But what he expects is us living a life where we are examining ourselves, where we care enough to dig deep into the heart of why we do what we do. And we care enough to take time to sift through our motives, to evaluate our decisions, to study and scrutinize why we do what we do and ask what we ask and believe what we believe and to see if these things are honoring to Jesus. It is so tempting for people to feel discouraged when you hear a message or an episode or a sermon or a talk about something that leaves you feeling convicted. And I say that that's a lie from the pits of hell. Feeling convicted is evidence of a relationship with Jesus. Feeling condemned, on the other hand, is evidence of satanic interference. Because the Lord says in Scripture, in his living word, for there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so conviction means that your relationship wheels are turning and they are moving and they are doing exactly what they are supposed to do. Conviction is a gift. It is not a curse. Conviction raises us, raises us up. It does not bring us down. Conviction is one more layer of deadness that we get to shed off in the name of Jesus. Conviction leads to life. Conviction pulls up and tears out the cancerous sins in our heart and the heavy weight that we carry on our shoulder. Conviction is the acceptance of the truth of God and his precious unending mercy and grace that is ready to fall on us and his unending help an unending strength to come and fill us, to help us to be more than conquerors through Christ who loved us and gave himself up for us. So don't be discouraged if you feel convicted. Take what I'm saying, take what you hear from any other inspirational talk or Bible-based talk and use it to move your relationship with Jesus further. All that you should ever feel when the Lord shows you something in your life is gratitude and a sense of freedom. It says that for freedom, Christ has set us free. Not that we would feel in bondage, not that we would feel shame. It doesn't say for shame, Christ has set us free. No, for freedom, Christ has set us free. So we see 
that we have a tendency to be unbelieving people. We have a tendency to be hardened through circumstances. We have a tendency to use Jesus as means to get what we want. We have a tendency to be people that do great things for Jesus but that are blind. We have a tendency to look right at the very thing that God is giving as a gift to us to move us forward, to bring us into that next season, to show a, sometimes it's to show a character flaw in us. Sometimes it's to put us in the fire and get some refinement. All of those things equal hurt. They equal a difficult time for us as humans to go through them. But he does that and it is him working. So we have a tendency to stare Jesus straight in the face and to not believe and to cry out that he's a ghost. So what we can take away from this is the importance of recognition, recognizing that, and the importance of confession and the importance of accepting his truth and letting it change us. Friend, be so encouraged. Be so encouraged. Because Jesus doesn't walk away or pass you by. He comes to you even when you are unbelieving and he gets in the boat. But the beautiful thing about Jesus, it's kind of like a, a fairy tale or a, I don't know what kind of, a, I'm not a really a big reader, but you know, one of those books or movies where it's like so incredible the way that the, the good guy and the power that he has and all the stuff that he makes happen. And it's just kind of like, that is what it is with Jesus, but it's like real. It's not a story. Like we really have a God, a king, a father, a lover of our soul that is all of those things all of the time. And it really eliminates our need to not believe. And it is so sure that we don't even have to know all of the ins and outs of what we're believing. That's so incredible. So I would encourage you to take some time, evaluate your life, evaluate the way that you are looking at Jesus, look at your situations that are in your life right now, and look at them through the lens of, Lord, what is from you? What do you want from me? How can I believe you more? How can I choose to go deeper with you? And friend, he is going to answer you. He is going to respond. He is going to come out to you in your boat and he is going to get in and the Prince of Peace is going to calm your waves. Maybe not your circumstantial waves, but your internal chaotic, fearful, doubting, unbelieving waves. The key is that you evaluate and accept and seek truth. And Jesus will come to your rescue because he loves you. And you are precious to him. And he sent his son to die for you. And he never changes. I am so glad that you listened. Please do share this episode with your family and friends. Join me next time for the next episode of the Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast. And be sure to reach out if you have any questions about your faith walk, if you are interested in having me come and speak your next women's event or youth event or Bible study conference. Also, 
let me know if you are interested in being a guest on the show, what topics you'd like to hear, and if you have any questions, comments, or concerns about this podcast. Friends, it is a privilege to meet with you, and I will see you next time. Are you stuck in your office spinning your wheels? Is it time for you to get away from your business so you can focus on the business? Maybe a retreat? I'm Katie Horner of the For Your Success podcast, and though my husband and I started out in full-time ministry, living well below the poverty line, our six-figure business now gives us ministry opportunities that far outweigh the ones we had in full-time ministry. Join me and my husband, Tap, on April 30th at the Get Out of the Boat Christian Business Virtual Retreat to recharge your batteries and let us show you how fun it can be to walk out your faith in your business with joy and confidence. Because doing the business that God created you to do can be your best worship. The Get Out of the Boat Christian Business Retreat is April 30th from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. and you can attend from anywhere online. We can't wait to see you there. You can get all the info and register for your ticket right now at getoutoftheboat.com.